Hi folks, and thanks for listening to this Torah Shack podcast. A little bit of housekeeping before we kick off. We are looking for your support. We need you to put your hands in your pocket and join us at patreon.com forward slash Torah Shack. That's the link at the very top of the podcast you're listening to right now. And help us keep the mics on, lights on, bills paid, and conversations like the one you're about to listen to keep happening. Yes, the podcasts are free, but that doesn't mean that they don't have a value. So if you're getting something out of it, please give something back. It is the easiest bit of activism you can do on a monthly basis. It's the price of a cheap point nowadays, but it really makes all the difference for us. So one more time, patreon.com forward slash tortoiseshack. I'm shutting up now. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Reboot Republic, the podcast that goes behind the headlines and looks at the big issues in this republic of inequality. We are the podcast of solutions and the podcast of hope. And I'm your host, Rory Hearn, and delighted to be joined on the podcast. And we're actually live and, well, not completely live, but we're actually in the studio, which it's not a call, but it's live with Michaela Cower, who is the director of the Brussels Liaison Office of the City of Vienna. And listeners will be well aware and have probably heard quite a bit about the Vienna housing model. Um, but we're going to go to it in detail and learn about one of the cities probably one of the best housing systems in the world in terms of affordability, quality and public housing. So I'm really looking forward to this. Michaela, it's great to have you on Reboot Republic. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. And of course, you spoke at a conference that I organised a number of years ago um, and there was quite a positive reaction to that and I, I would expect the same to this as well. Maybe to set out to start, what is the Vienna housing model? The Vienna housing model is a model where we take housing as a human right to start with. And that means that if we take it seriously, we need to provide for different instruments, measures, as, um, laws, codes, norms that assure that people have access to that right and they can live that right. And when you say housing is a human right, because we're going through some of that discussion here in Ireland about myself and others and NGOs and are advocating for putting a human right to housing in our mm. constitution because actually in our housing policy, nowhere does it say housing is a human right. But in your policies, your national policies, does it say that housing is a human right and should be treated as that? Or is this just you saying this as the municipality of Vienna? No, no, it's not. Uh, it's, it's, it's a real right. It is in our constitution. We have a provision that says that the state has to care for housing for its citizens. And uh, derived from this, we have a number of laws which go back in time, of course, to Red Vienna, yeah. uh, where first things were invented like a housing tax, uh, which was uh, that the rich people were taxed. And this money was used to build the first municipal housing uh, uh, blocks that we yeah. have in Vienna. But later, after World War II, when a lot of, 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 of uh, houses were destroyed, uh, the government decided in a very broad coalition of interests that housing is such an important need of people uh, that they want to set up something like a permanent tax that is paid by both the employer and the employee. It's a very small amount uh, in percentage, 0.5 of the income that you that you uh, have to pay to a dedicated housing 
fund. And that fund is then redistributed to all the nine provinces of Austria who then put it into their mm. housing budgets and they can do everything, but it has to be related to housing, of course. Yeah. I just want to, because the constitution is a big one in here at the moment. So I just want to maybe just for a little minute focus on that, which is, and to probe you a little bit and say, why does it matter that the right to housing is in the Austrian constitution? And what, is, and what impact does that have? Yeah. I mean, maybe explaining a little bit the Austrian not constitution, but the way we work together in Austria yeah. and in many, in especially this field, we have a we can rely on a stable community of of housing providers, which are social, affordable, not for profit, cooperative, uh, for limited profit, and about one hundred and eighty five of them are active in in Austria, and they are the partners in this whole exercise. So they mm. are the there is a special law which is an act on. Uh, housing for a limited profit. Right. And this law regulates also the way these companies or organizations have to work. So what typically will happen is that they are building homes for people yeah, and they are not allowed to make profit. The, the little profit they can make, they must reinvent, reinvest in the, the system. Yeah. And Think of it a little bit also with regard, for instance, to the stressed public budgets that we have in many places. Mm. A system where the money that is dedicated to housing stays in the system is good for the public budget because it will guarantee that there's a uh, like it is like a revolving fund. Yes. That is feeding itself constantly and that really, I mean, the, the, the benefit for those companies is that they are exempt from VAT which means that, again, we can have a price dampening effect. Yes. And what we have seen in a recent study in Vienna is that, indeed, a big share of social, municipal, affordable rental housing has a price dampening effect on the overall market. Of course, yeah. Because and now we, we have, the, I mean, we knew it, but now we have scientific proof, yeah. which is, of course, much better. Just one quick point on Red Vienna. There was this phrase that was really famous about it was, if you build uh, palaces for children, you, you tear down prison walls. And one of the things this year, our Taoiseach, our prime minister, decided that he was going to have a budget for uh, a department for children. And he's going to have a budget for children. A child poverty unit, I think. Mm -hmm. Yes, but he decided it was this was his thing. Yeah. And unfortunately, in the budget, he increased the, the allowance by four euro. Mm -hmm. He certainly failed on that. When you see something like Vienna like that, we always say good housing policy is good education policy. Good housing policy is good environmental policy. Good housing good policy, policy is good health policy. Mm -hmm. is, it, is it the case that you see that there is better socioeconomic situations for everybody because for those children getting a better start because as Rory puts it the first situation is resolved there is a there is the right to a house clearly I think that the, the approach we have in Vienna is for instance when when we saw their crisis coming I mean we had the global financial crash mm. and around that time for instance uh, our mayor then decided to get to give um, cost-free kindergartens yeah. To all the children in Vienna. Not only one year, all the years they are in kindergarten, there will be no uh, costs involved for the parents to, to no fees. Yeah. And uh, this was really helping people in a, in a stressed situation because yeah. we had the global crash. Of course, this also had effects in the Vienna labor market, in the Vienna economy, but it really had people to, you know, just relieve a bit. Mm. Yeah. And that's important also you, for social, the social fabric of our society. Yeah. And you also, of course, kept building 
social housing during the financial crisis, whereas in Ireland, we completely stopped building yeah. social housing. And we have what I describe a lost decade of building social housing, where I think I calculated in the region of, if we had continued building, it was in the region of 40,000 social housing units mm-hmm. we didn't build because of yeah. the the cuts in austerity to social housing. And in, in fact, all over Europe, it's even worse. I mean, I don't want to mm. frustrate you yeah. or all the listeners, but from the moment of the financial crash, 10 years after, we lost 60, 600 billion in investment in affordable housing all over Europe. Mm. While at the same time, we allowed to have big investors coming into the market, uh, buying big shares also of social housing, which was sold like in Berlin, Mm. which they now regret deeply. Yeah. Clearly, they they really have uh, social problems with that, and 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 very very big protests. We've yeah. seen we've seen votes. We've seen yeah. a lot of political upheaval. We've seen attempts to take back control, and yeah. and then we've seen fights at the at the regional government and then the, the national government in Germany. So Berlin is kind of something that you would almost like call it like a petri dish for some of this. You know, yeah. when you're watching it in, in those days. Yeah, and and it was just to, to let listeners know, kind of to contrast. Dublin, Ireland with Vienna, Austria in terms of public housing. I was going through our latest figures because we had a census done just in 2022. Mm -hmm. So these are the latest figures. And I went through for Dublin and Ireland. And of all the housing in Ireland, just 10% is public housing, social housing. Um, And in the region of 18% is private rental. And there's 66% owned. But I went through the Dublin figures and I broke it down. And in Dublin, it's really quite shocking. The social housing is higher, 14%. But private rental is 31%. That's private for profit is 31% of housing um, and just 47% home ownership. And we see in comparison, what is the portion of public housing in Vienna? We have uh, 220,000 flats owned by the city, where 500,000 people live in those flats. And we just reached the peak of the 2 million inhabitants in beginning of October. So we are really a big city now, a very big city with 2 million inhabitants. And that means that a quarter of the population lives in municipal housing already. That's what we would call council or local authority housing. And then we have another 200,000 flats which are owned by those companies I mentioned. The cooperatives for limited profit, housing associations, etc. So another 400,000 people live in those, which means that in the end we have more than... Half half of the population living in these kind of, of flats, yeah. which are completely under control uh, of of the public or of the state, or of and guided by the principle of the you know common well being. Mm. And and this is the fundamental, isn't it? Like why we have such a crisis here is because we have such small amount of public housing mm-hmm. as a proportion of our housing stock. And the other issue is, and maybe you could explain a little bit about this, I think it would be really good, would be our private rental housing has, tenants can be evicted when the property is being sold. They can be evicted into homelessness, even if they have nowhere to go to. So they can be evicted for not, for they pay the rent, they do everything right, and they can still be evicted. Um, But that's not the case in Vienna, is it? Yeah, because part of the Austrians' model also is that we have strong tenants' rights. Mm. And we also had a tradition of social partnership in general in the country, 
But this is also applied to other fields. And so when, for instance, rent law is negotiated, the tenants union is on board. They must be heard. Mm. Consumer <laughs> protection is a key element in all of that. And of course, what we have always aimed at is to have uh, uh, unlimited contracts as the default option. Yeah. So it's the, it's normal to stay in the flat for a whole, just, the whole just, of your just, life. Just to clarify, when you say unlimited contracts, you mean uh, security of tenure. Yeah. People can stay. Yeah. No, the, the contract doesn't yeah. have an end. And 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 what's what's really powerful in what you've just said, and I hope people understand what they what 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 you've just said is what you've what you actually are getting at is one of the key issues we have here is that the consumption piece. People don't get this. We have a cost of living crisis, mm-hmm. but much of Ireland's cost of living crisis, and Rory, you've written about this extensively, is because of housing, yeah. the cost of rent, the cost of this, and when you manage that rent, you're actually you're actually protecting your economy against shocks to well, like people's Well, I the figures. You know, rent has increased by in Dublin and Ireland by 60% since 2016, 20% since 2020. And that is even with, you know, rent laws in place because we have no enforcement of those laws. And when you say tenants are involved in negotiating the rents, you mean that like tenants organisations are involved in setting the rents? In a way, Yes. Because and, here it's like I mean, of course they have they to put negotiate this with the property owners as well because they are at the other side of the of the, yeah. of the you know. So there's the a facilitated negotiation of what the rent increase should be because here the government says uh, it was a four percent increase was capped on existing tenancies, and then they changed it over two or three years to a two percent increase. But there's no involvement of tenants and any any rent of a new property can be set at whatever rent they want to set it at. Yeah, well, it's not that easy because also in Austria we had problems with especially the private rental markets. Mm. And it is also due to, I mean, uh, a government that gave a lot of, for instance, tax gifts to investors Yeah, and in the sector and also weakened this principle, which was there for many, many decades. And um, a while ago, or also we the, the the system was changed so that also the private rental market uh, in Vienna became very difficult. Mm. So it's it's not so easy, but still, when we last time a few months ago we got this new study about the price dampening effect overall. Yeah. Then then and we compare it a little bit. I mean, I know people don't live in 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 permanent uh, in a permanent mode of comparison yeah but when we compare it to analyze the situation clearly in vienna still the rents are more stable uh, than in other places yeah yeah, yeah. And, and, and yeah and to give you a sense of the scale here of the evictions there was 22000 eviction notices issued in a 12 month period from July of 2022 to July of this year, mm-hmm. 22,000 households yeah. and 80% of those were no-fault evictions. Yeah, but that's so sad. I mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's the, the people, I'm, I'm really, uh, it's, it's miserable because 
I'm not sure what you can do a lot also to protect people from from being evicted. We do this with special programs in as we know of course in if you have half a million people living in municipal flats of course there are problems. And yeah. of course there are people with issues about you know paying the rent. Yeah. But what we do we have a special unit uh with social workers who when they they see that there are arrays in paying the rent they will go there and ask mm. what's the problem and work with them because we know that I mean, even if we would have to evict them because they didn't pay their rent and they don't do it, live there properly, and you know, uh, we know that they would end up in another part of the city's social system. Yeah. So why not do undertake a, all the efforts possible to just keep them there and stabilize them? Because these are all these evictions are taking place in the for-profit private yes. rental sector. That's where they're taking place. But what we also have in Austria and in Vienna, especially, we have uh, because very often it's very difficult to you know to um, go to court. It's yeah. costly, yeah. So uh, we have uh, very very uh, easy, accessible um, legal dispute settlement place. Uh, mm. You can mediate, in yeah. Place. yeah, yeah. It's it's a mediation, and even for instance. You can go to a place, for instance, you think in the private sector, your rent is too high because mm. there is rules for how how that rent has to be defined and composed. So if you think it's too high, you can go there without any, you know, you don't need a, um, a, a legal expert to accompany you. You just go there and they say, okay, my rent is too high. Can you please assess it? And then they will do for free. They will say, oh, it's really too high. And then the landlord has to give you the money back. In, in the private market? Yes. So they can tell the landlord you have to reduce the yes. rent. But how do they assess if it's too high? To, because on what there's basis? a clear uh, list of criteria how the rent has to be composed. Yeah, Rory's, Rory, Rory, <laughs> just for <laughs> listeners' Sorry. benefits, Rory, Rory's absolutely flabbergasted here. But what I would like to add to that is, though, when you when you hear about a sensible approach to it, again... On the flip side, that doesn't mean that people get away with antisocial behavior. It doesn't mean that if people were dealing drugs, for example, that there can't be other ways to deal with situations where, where if it has to happen. So Yeah, but that's that's no, a tiny no, minority. I, of like, course you know, it is minuscule. But, but you can hear them shouting at us because they, they hate they hate when we bring this up anyway. So we yeah. have to we have but, to But it's interesting because what drives the Irish system is private property rights mm. and the right to profit from your private property. And that's what drives the housing mm -hmm. system, the commodification of housing. We are completely neoliberalized mm -hmm. in how we view housing, understand it, treat it. Mm -hmm. And like you look, like they brought in this eviction ban for six months last winter, yeah. which banned no fault evictions. And the landlords lobbied and lobbied, the private for profit landlords lobbied, lobbied, lobbied hard. And the government said, oh, well, we have to lift this now because landlords are leaving the market. They're selling up. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that should have been the reaction. Bye-bye. Good luck. But no, they lifted the eviction ban and they knew, they said, we know this will increase homelessness. So but, they did a policy that was deliberately aiming at, at creating homeless people? Or yes. I mean, what's the plan? Well, well, not, well they, they knew it would be the consequence. Yeah. But they, they argued that if we, if we leave this eviction ban in place, more landlords won't invest in the market. Yeah. The landlords that are here will leave and that creates more problems, they argue. But, but if you continue on this path in a country, you will see that the earlier the, than, rather than the later, you will have back... The, the movement of squatting mm -hmm. 
um, like you had long time in in many places. Yeah? yeah, this will come back. It's coming back already. Yeah, yeah? and you would see. The ab- ability to go from what Rory said is 10% of a stock of social housing. We now have the ability to purchase those as a state and mm-hmm. get closer to 20% where we yeah. need to be. Yeah. Because you've then got the opportunity where these people are leaving. And I'm doing air quotes because mm-hmm. why wouldn't you leave when you can mm-hmm. sell for such handsome profits at this stage? Yeah. And, and, and it's just, I think it comes back to what you talked about at the start, seeing housing as a human right. And that society as a whole, housing policy, government, and even the private sector accepting, well, this is the society we live in that views housing as a human right. Whereas that's not the case here. We don't have that. I think it's changed in terms of the public. I think the public are demanding that we treat housing as a human right. But the state, government, privileged interests, private sector, they still very much see this is an investment asset and, you know, it has to be treated like that. And something I heard you speak about before, I think is very interesting on this, is in the provision of new housing, um, that any development, even from the private sector, if I'm right about this, has to have, I can't remember what you said, was it 50% or 70%? Two-thirds, any new development site in Vienna, yeah. it's our new zoning law. Yeah. Any new development site has to have two thirds of uh, publicly funded housing. So this is so any private development of any size has to have two thirds of it yeah. as public or affordable housing or yes. public housing, public and not for yes. profit. And we also try to keep control of the land because, I mean, uh, building ground is such a cost trigger. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. In any development project. Yeah. And uh, there also we tried a lot to control. For instance, if an investor comes and buys a piece of land, and of course, sometimes in the in in the dense areas of the city, you will have small plots, yeah, which are not really interesting for affordable social yeah. municipal housing. So yeah. okay, let's yes. But the- even there, if they don't use their building permit after a while. It's there out of the of the, of the game again, yeah. So you have a use it or lose it for their planning yep. permission, and then you have this other system for for the big sites, of course. Uh, Two thirds have to be um, publicly funded. <laughs> Do you hear that, Tony? I'm scared. Look, Rory, because sorry, just not to, yeah. to shock you completely. Uh, we also have um, the system where we, we we if it's public land, it's if it's owned by the city because yes. we have reserves still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were clever in the past. Yeah. yeah. And um, so we have a lot of reserves, but we 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 also not, don't sell them anymore. We give long term lease contracts. Mm-hmm. So to keep again, even if it's a private project, you keep the land. We keep the land. We keep the control of the land. Mm. Now, yeah. I know. I know. We did look at that here, by the way, as a, as a, an idea of how we could reduce the price of the units that we could sell by keeping the land. But it never really. But that was the famous Kenny report. No, which... no. But it also it also under this minister for housing explored it. But what what's what's interesting? We talk about the land, and it's it's not come down actually that much since then. But, 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 but I want to go back to the two thirds one. No, no. But I want to make imagine? I want to make I want to make one really important point about about the land because it's important people notice because we will say there's not. We know from the last time it was done, and we know it's actually not decreased by a whole lot, that between the four local authorities, so the local authorities, Dublin City Council, Dunleary, Ratdown, Fingal, you know, our, our, the our, Dublin region. Our, our, our re- Dublin region, NAMA, which was the, the our bad bank that took over the, the, the mm. loans, and now the Land Development Agency. We had more land owned by the state than San Marino. 
than the than the country yeah, of San Marino. Yeah. And we still have to. We this still is my point. We still have a ton. We still of, have a huge amount of public land. So so we have the we have the land. Yeah. But we're now using the LDA, the Land Development yeah. Agency, mm. to parcel it to private, private for but profit. We also are developing our. We're using private developers to build the public housing. So it's really expensive. That's not just private builders. Yeah. That's actually like a developer who accesses the finance, who a private. Yeah. So it, it adds these finance costs. It, you know, and adds the profit element to it. So it's not the, the, the local authority, the mm-hmm. municipality or the not-for-profit provider are not developing the houses. The state yeah. is buying this yeah. off the market, which of course inevitably pushes up prices. So in Dublin, 58% of all new housing that was built last year was bought by not people buying a home. Mm-hmm. Half it was bought by investor funds and half it by councils and social housing. Yeah. And this we, is, we had a little phase in our late, late year decade where we, we, we did us, that mistake. How, how as did well. you push back? Well, we, we, we started, for instance, when we saw that too much is going to the private. Yeah, and this is something that people cannot afford. Mm. And then they they were building like big, I don't know, 30-story buildings with yeah. apartments with a great view. But of course, the view was only good if you were in the building and looking at it was horrible. But mm. that's my per- yeah. private opinion. Um, but nobody would buy that. So in the end, this ended up with Airbnb yeah. and, and things like that. Yeah. yeah. So uh, what... Then we 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 changed the policy again, and this is the moment when we when when we decided to have the zoning law, for instance, mm. with, uh, saying that we need to have two thirds of publicly funded housing, um, or publicly supported housing yeah. uh, in any new development site. Yeah, yeah. It's just like I'm thinking because we have uh, the law; it's twenty percent, and there is a really serious, uh, you know, opposition to that. And um, I think they can still. Give they have this opt out where they can, yeah. where they can give you land somewhere else, or they can give you the public housing yeah, somewhere can, else. You can buy out of the, that. You yeah. can't. You can't buy out of it anymore. Uh, in Brussels, they can. Yeah. They, they only have fifteen percent. Yeah. And you, they can buy out, and this yeah. is creating big issues. But, also, but what did well, I, just I was, I was in one? I was in a development recently, Rory. I went into it. It was an LDA approved land site. I yeah. went in, and they put. And I hate to say it because we talk about the stigmati- stigmatization of affordable housing, social housing, and how it's stigmatized. They put the for profit buildings in one area, yeah. and they put the social aspect of it buried at the back down mm-hmm. down the very end yeah. and it was very clearly marked out which means you're further away from any of the amenities you're further away from kids get, your your kids have to have to walk up a, a kilometer to get to the to the playground yeah. mm-hmm. you know well i know for example in the 10 the the apartment these new investor fund apartments which have to have 10% uh social housing the social housing tenants can't use the facilities built this as part of it. Yeah, it's two tier. It's it's discrimination. Yeah, as is. Yeah, this is apartheid. Yeah, <laughs> but it, no, but it's 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 it's, it's, it's it is. It's, it's yeah, they can't use the gym. They can't use the um the yeah facilities like that. There's a, there's a it's, key, it's deeply it's I, deeply I know discriminatory. An apart- and yeah, Roy, there's an apartment block about four kilometers from here that has a key code on the playground. Yeah. And if such a thing would happen in Vienna, there would yeah. be, I think, a revolution. <laughs> <laughs> and and part part of the issue is that we have this uh, talk about ideology and ideas and values in society mm-hmm. matter. 
Because the problem is people just think, well, that's just the way and it can't be any different. And also the interests, the interests are dominating because the investor funds are saying, well, we don't want potentially someone who might pay 4000 a month for an apartment to say, well, I'm not going to rent that one because there's social housing tenants there. Yeah. Or I'm not going to and the developers, builder developers argue all the time, well, we can't build to, we will have to put the social housing in the corner mm. so that people will pay lots of money for buying these other ones rather than seeing the vision. But to come back to the point that Tony asked, how did you push back? What did developers in the private sector say when you said we're doing two thirds now of all They went to our director for construction. Yeah. And said, ah, it's a little bit too much. And then he said, if you're annoying me, if you annoy me, it's going to be 80% immediately. <laughs> But so, so that is, when was that brought in? That was in 2017, I think. And I just want to, and so you probably nothing has been built since, has it? We have, I think, 15,000 units under construction at the moment. Yeah. So the, the private developers did not go, oh, we're not building now. It didn't stop the supply. Because this is the argument. So 15,000 under construction in Vienna. In Vienna. So let's be very clear. Ireland is, is boasting about maybe getting to 9,000. In no, 30,000. No, 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 no. I'm talking about 9,000. No, I think you're talking about all units being built, no? All or the just units, private, public, yes. Yes. So, but, yeah. But Rory, if, if you're still two thirds, okay, yeah. in one location, yeah. Ireland as a country is saying social and affordable mix and leasing included, we're going to lease them, yeah. is 9,000 and they're delighted with themselves. Aren't we great, you know, for the entire country? I'm, I'm sorry. One little thing, though, is no, I just want to come back yeah. to that, that Keep thing, going. That just on the private, that they, they were told, okay. They pushed back. Push back, but the argument here is if you do anything like that, it stops the supply. Yeah, Which but in Austria, in Vienna, for instance, when we do a new development site, yeah, and it's f- totally clear in our in our development plan, if we start, for instance, a new a new complete you know uh, territory, yeah, yeah, that happens sometimes. There have to be schools. Mm. There must be um, kindergartens. There must be facilities for the elderly or for we see we even swimming pools in public housing. Yes, <laughs> which but, most of them in Helsinki put saunas, Rory, and we and they use and they use communal heating. And one of them are taking the heating from a data center and and heating and municipal housing, like you know. Yeah, yeah. No, but it's a very holistic, and of course, it has a long history. Yes. So we could develop a lot of. Inst- instruments yeah mm. and what is i think the challenge sometimes when all the people come to vienna and want to yes. have, know how we do it yeah is to really explain what is the uh how do we do it but but how can also others use the experience yeah yeah so what what i would like to to mention is that our approach to take housing has to serve the common good mm. housing for the common good is a value in itself it's rights-based it's, of course, including environmental, social, and economic sustainability for the whole system. It makes people happy. Yeah, of course. It, I think we, sh- we must talk also about Absolutely. the right to be happy. Yes. The right to have a good life. Mm. And then you start to create instruments, for instance, stop thinking in a, in, in a pure antagonistic way between private rental, ownership, and social. Mm-hmm. Housing, which is stigmatized. Start thinking about a lot of models. There is cooperative housing. There is for limited profited ho- housing. There, sometimes it may be useful to have social rental agencies. You have to have tenants' rights. You have to have rent regulation. You have to have security of tenure. You have to um, stay, r- try to reach a balance between, I mean, the ones who, who own their apartment and their owner occupied. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
they have a right to live there for a lifetime. So why should I, as a tenant, not have the same right? Yeah. Yeah. So create um, an equal uh, level playing field. Yeah. 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 For all the people, because that's also good for social cohesion. And that's also good. I mean, we see a lot of right wing. Yeah. Forces coming up in Europe these times, mm. and I think it's closely linked to the housing crisis. Yeah, agree. Because there is so you. much socio-economic disparities that feeds that really do, these things feed the, the right wing, and mm. these uh, these people are playing with, with 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 the people who are discriminated against. They will them. say they will say the problem is migrants, not the, the, yeah. the not the is, fact that there is not enough yes, social housing and, or yeah. affordable housing. And, and yeah. we see that, and we see it play out. What happened with Vox in Spain? We see it. What's happening in the AFD? We see it. What's happening in so many places? And you will now. see in Finland. I mean, yes. the country of housing first. Mm. They are now starting a, a big austerity program. They have the true Finns, a very yes, right party yes, in yes. the national government. Mm. We see it in Sweden yeah. as well, which is supposed to be the bastion of of uh, social democracy. Yeah. The one idea, can I just one thing yeah. on, on Red Vienna before, and I, I promise I'll shut up. the The whole idea though is is that you say the model, take lots of models and bring it away. Now, one of the other things above your head, there's a there's a there's a thing for Analyphy Drug Project. We 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 ad, I advocate for harm reduction, for decriminalization, for making drugs a healthcare issue and not a criminal justice mm-hmm. issue and everybody says you can't just take the Lisbon model and put it on Dublin Every, but everybody then goes off to Vienna for the weekend every politician Rory goes to Vienna for the weekend and says I've gone to Vienna and now I'm doing the Vienna model don't they and then but this who have are there other places that you've actually seen successfully implement parts or, or some of the, the policies that you've talked about here because I, you know it's, that's a good question yeah there, I think there's a lot of good places to look at, yeah. Because I mean, one must say that we are blessed in a way in Vienna. I mean, it sounds mm. a little bit just I don't know, yeah. No, it's true. Uh, but we we are also we have excellent circumstances. We are a, a region with legislative competences, so we can regulate a lot ourselves. Mm. And we are a strong city with a stable budget, and we are not afraid to to uh, in invest in an anti-cyclical way. If there is a crisis, we are not cutting back budgets. We are going into it. Yeah, We have always done it that way. It's a Keynesian model, yeah, but yeah. it worked for Vienna apparently yeah. because, I mean, I don't know how many times we have been now the, the city with the best quality of life. Yeah, yeah. So something yeah. must have been done in the right way. Yeah. So what I, what I think is that if you look across Europe, at least, yeah, you will find cooperative housing in many places like the Netherlands. Um, you you know, in Germany still, yeah, in 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 parts of Italy and and Spain, they try their best to to set things up, like in Barcelona, mm, yeah. 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 Uh, you find um, methods to control land. Community land trusts are one aspect, but other forms to control land. I mean. So, so really, it's it's controlling land. It's setting up a but more diverse system. It's trying to and it's empowering the tenants. Yeah, yeah. So everywhere, if if we look around, where where you empower tenants, also again, uh, this will help you. Yeah. And a lot of cities are also joining forces together, for instance, to fight against um, the the short term holiday rentals, which are really ruining uh, their housing markets. Yeah. And uh, so we we I think. There is a lot going on, and if the cities also unite a bit in some of these uh, issues, and I, I will be very interested to see how the Irish government um, 
whatever, articulates um, their their housing policy when we have the next informal ministerial on housing on EU level in yeah. mid-November in, in will be Kerman, very, very interesting because what they're arguing is that, oh, look, we've increased substantially the delivery of social housing and social housing delivery has increased. But as I was explaining, a lot of it is bought from the private market. So mm -hmm. it's hugely problematic in that way. But what we're not providing is affordable housing. Like the social housing yeah. is for really, it's for those on lower incomes. Yeah. And so there's this huge gap. And one of like the figures you were talking about, happiness, that we have now half a million adults living at home I with know. their parents. That is one in 10 of the population. And, you know, I talked to them and I just did a podcast with one artist who is living in that form of what is hidden homelessness. Mm -hmm. Um is is the mental health impact the, yeah. the words they use to describe you know their life is stagnant confined infantilized and the massive mental health cost of that of not being able to develop yeah. relationships of just that feeling of lack of independence and there is something i think what you said at the start which you know i've written about in my books and everything and and it's kind of a core idea which is that housing is the start, and we talk about a lot around homelessness, you know, housing first, but it's much more than just homelessness for everybody. The home is a start, but as you say, it's not just the four walls. It's a home of stability in community that has facilities and that essentially that in the same way we think about health, that public health is provided and people accept and say, yes, we should have public hospitals. We should have public housing needs to be looked at the same way. Mm. And we won't really be, like, we will continue in this cycle until we take housing out of being a commodified, a commodity in most yeah, ways. that's it. I think if if you want to make your people happy, yeah, or at least give them the chance to be happy, yes, then you must uh, support a, a, a very broad and bold yeah. system to provide for affordable, adequate, healthy and decent housing, yeah? yeah, yeah, and that's I think the, the that's the magic uh, that and that's not easy because you have strong forces playing against you, you have big players who are writing their own rule book, yeah, and uh, the question is how strong can governments on local, regional, national, even EU level be to to change the the whole mindset, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we also need we also need homeowners like ourselves, Rory, who are in homes to understand that we'd rather see our children grow up in a, close to us where we could see them than be told, "Oh, your house is now worth yeah. X amount of." But I really think that's changing. Like the opinion polls show, in the last year, for the first time ever, people want house prices to fall. The mm. majority of people, and that was unheard of. No, it's it's because homeowners not are seeing that do. it's it's like actually, what's the point of me having a house worth? You know, four hundred thousand, half a million. Do you remember when? Do you remember PJ when your Duke, kids aren't going to Professor Mer to Trinity's Professor Emeritus of Economics, PJ Drudy said, um, "I don't care how much my house is worth. I'll be leaving it in a, in a pine box. I'd rather see my children." Yeah, uh, but but even even the the idea, I think that you know, change and where change is coming from. Like I do, you know, you see it that the opinion polls show the majority of people are in support of a right to housing. We have a really active new tenants union called the Community Active Tenants Union. Um, unfortunately, we've 
you know, we had some very good demonstrations, lar- large protests last year. We haven't had any this year, unfortunately. Um, we, and we need, I think, large demonstrations that bring all those different groups together. Um, you know, by, you know, the trade unions are central to that. And we do need, I think, that kind of, you know, those campaigns. And NGOs are making, you know, we're hopefully we will have a referendum as well. I think we will have a referendum on the right to housing within the next two years. We're going mm. to have a general election. Housing is going to be the biggest issue. In any election. Yeah, but in, in Ireland in, in election, particular. All over Europe, yeah. really. It's, it's the top one. Yeah. So my hope is that in that election, that people say we want housing delivered as a human right. And that is the end point that is the, the, the fine, you know, the killer blow to the commodification of housing, and actually we take a new path. And I found this podcast absolutely inspiring and hopeful, and I'm delighted to have you here. And I hope loads and loads of people listen to this. And I think that the Vienna model is the future for Ireland, and I think we will get there. Yes, I wish you all the best, and I will <laughs> always support whatever you do. This, this, this no, it's brilliant, and I really enjoyed it, Rory. I loved it. Yeah. Your face lit up so often. It was, it was, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's all. It's great that we didn't have cameras because he looked like a little boy on Christmas morning. <laughs> but thank you so much for coming over. Yeah. It's great to have it in person. It's always nicer to be in in the little studio that we have. I will say one thing, just for the benefit of listeners, there's a lot going on in the world at the moment. We have been covering consistently yeah. events in Israel, Palestine. Please keep an eye out on that as well because it's important that we keep an eye because always what happens is day three the world moves on the media moves on and people forget about it we won't forget about it here we'll keep talking about it thanks thanks so much and thanks yeah. Rory for, for organising it and thanks Michaela for get, taking your time and you know you're speaking at the Raise the Roofs Raise the Roof conference organised by the Irish Congress Trade Unions tomorrow and I look forward to that and look forward to continuing to hear about what you're doing and working together thank you thank you Listen, folks, we leave it there. We'll talk to you all very, very soon. Take care. Bye-bye.